Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Uncommon Life Project, where I'm your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. I'm starting the clock right now. 25 minutes. We've got a lot. Yeah, we've got a fun topic today. It's just a dual cast between uh, yours truly and the Brian Dewhurst. Uh, We get to talk about just mindset every day with our clients. Every day we get to sit down with somebody and really try to figure out what their unique gifting is. And when we do that, then it seems like the planning process gets way more fun for every party involved. (laughs) For For us, um, for them, for sure. I can't tell you how many times we've had people cry in front of us just because tears of joy, I would say, that someone actually heard them and then they have a path forward uh, going on to the next level. Um, And then really having tangible things to do in order to live kind of the life they want to live. So today we thought we'd talk about mindset. And there is a, I'd say parable, biblical parable, but it is a, a great, um, I think, illustration to show and prove a point that we're trying to make. So Brian, let's talk about it. And then let's move on to kind of diving in each one of those and where we see it, because we see all three of these uh, individuals. Uh, we're going to talk about a career and just bricklayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have, uh, we've mentioned this in our book, but it is a great parable just to think about mindset and where you're at currently. So Brian, I'll let you walk through that. Yeah. So I think this is like wisdom concentrate. If you think of like orange concentrate, how your mom used to make orange juice. (laughs) Yes. Um, This is like wisdom concentrate. And I think we meet with a lot of people and we hear like, well, I met with this other advisor and they just weren't listening to me. And I think this illustration in a very short succinct thing of the bricklayers really puts you into one camp really quickly. So Mm -hmm. the bricklayers is a way of highlighting the same job, but the mindset that you bring to that job. Yes. And so the first bricklayer is more what we would kind of classify as kind of like uh, just a laborer. And the mindset that he brings to that is just one of drudgery. I hate this. Um, well, let's you know, first, I want to just break down. Here's the story. Okay. A guy walks up to, uh, uh, some bricklayers, they're doing a building and he walks up to the first bricklayer and he's like, Hey, what are you doing? And the guy's like, I'm doing a job. What does it look like? I'm doing like, okay, great. Walks up to the second bricklayer. Like, Hey, what are you doing? Making a living. Great. Walks up to the third person. He's like, Hey, what are you doing? He's like, I'm building a cathedral for God's people. It's amazing. And so Mm -hmm. those are the three mindsets as you start walking through. Now let's dive into each one of them. Sorry to interrupt, but that's the parable. Yeah, that's a great way to lay it out. Sorry, I went, I always go to the technical aspect. (laughs) (laughs) And we're moving on. Missed it. Okay, great. No, that's honestly Um, like, I think that does highlight how different Brian and I are. And that's a complete asset when we work with our clients. So, Um, So yeah, the first guy is just drudgery and, you know, doesn't, want to be doing this but you know needs to make money and needs cash flow and 
it's just a job and he's not emotionally invested in it. He's not doing it um, out of love or joy, but out of necessity. And the difference really between, I think, one and two is the mindset of, yeah, this is necessary. I have to do it. But he doesn't have that level of uh, integrity and character with the job. It's just like mm. a paycheck. I don't care. I'm just doing this. Yeah. Um, and if, I mean, if, let's just think about this from like a different perspective. Let's think about the first bricklayer. We'll just call him bricklayer number one. Mm-hmm. Um, drudgery. I don't know if we're going to call yeah. him that. But I think about in the morning for him, waking up and like, what is his attitude for the rest of the day? I mean, right. brutal. Brutal. And Brute. he's not fun to be around. He's not. He's yeah. Like, and, and you let's know say who he's... these people are in your life. You know, <laughs> you I'm serious. Might be and, one of them. And I, it's not to judge other people, no. but it's to say you're not in a good place. Like, how do we get you to a better place? And and we talk about this in the book. But then I want to look at it as okay. Now let's look at this as a very simple, you know, analogy or illustration. What is the financial advice that we should give this guy if he's mm-hmm. meeting with an advisor? Is it to put all of your money, excess capital, into a 401k or retirement plan? And especially if this guy's, you know, 18 to 22, oh, 25, point. you know, we hear all the time we meet with young people and it's like, well, I met with another advisor and they want me to put all my money in a Roth IRA or, you know, in an account or instrument that like totally locks up all their money. And it's just like, you're not in a place to build wealth if you're number guy number one. Yeah, please don't do that, by the way. Please don't do that. Like you should be focused on a budget and a budget and a budget and then saving your money and not going into debt and building a reserve or a capital fund, as we like to call it, so that you don't have to be stuck in this job. So good point. And it, I mean, I love that point because here's the deal. At the end of the day, the truth is, that job is not sustainable for him. Not sustainable. It just isn't. So when it when he hits this realization of like, this job isn't sustainable, what is he going to need? Cash. Cash. <laughs> cash. He's going to have to figure out what that is. And, and he's going to need cash to do that. So that's why we would always advise, I shouldn't say always, but for the most part, we would advise, please don't put it in the 401k. I don't care if they're matching 100%. <laughs> don't do it. It's not worth it. Uh, because if you've a, got nothing a, in the bank, you know, yeah, or you're exactly. using a credit card or, you know, those things. And so it's just like, yeah, you need to get, you know, in this day and age, we're in 2020. I mean, if you're a young person or if you're an older person, I guess it doesn't matter, but you want to get married, have kids, have two cars in the garage and a house. Yeah, I mean, you got to put 50K away. I oh, mean, there's just no way if, around it. If that individual is married, has kids, I mean, that's almost even worse. Like, think about the home life. There. Oh, yeah. It's going to totally. be a struggle for sure. Struggle bus. I mean, we spend a lot of time at our vocation, at our job. Yeah. Um, for this person, it's a job and a necessary evil. Like, when you walk up, I'm doing a job. What's it look like I'm doing? I'm like, okay, yeah. great. I'm moving on. And we've met with these people and they oftentimes do know what they want to do, but the path to get there is very unclear. And so I guess our advice to that person would be budget, 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 save, 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 no credit card debt, really lock in the intentionality of that paycheck mm-hmm. and using that to a higher purpose yep. uh, and then saving the excess so that you have cash reserves to make a change, you know, mm-hmm. and that's either a different career, you know, and it'd be hard to advise someone to start their own business from that perspective too, because their cash flow is probably not that strong. Not even you know, their that, reserves aren't that strong and their mindset's not there. The mindset isn't there. Like that I think is the biggest thing 
but you're probably right on the the reserve and the cash flow. You're probably right. Yeah. But I, we've talked to even surgeons that have like, I don't know, yeah. uh, I'm doing a job. Like, yeah. okay, all right. Like, so it's the cash flow reserves might not be the issue, but is their mindset there? Yeah. Um, it's just something to think through. And I really do like walking through, okay, what advice would we give those people? That's brilliant. You talked about mm-hmm. that. Um, and then how can you kind of move forward? And that's why we would say, what is your number you need every month? And once you understand that, then we can figure out a plan that you kind of get excited about that you would start thinking, I'm building a cathedral. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. Let's go I think to number two, the number second two. bricklayer. Making a living. So this guy is doing the deal. He's doing the bricks. I would, I would view this maybe more as like, I don't know, I'm not trying to like typecast people, but maybe like a manager, like somebody who's been oh, yeah. in it for a while. They did bricklaying. They've maybe been promoted. They're making good money, hmm. but it's a job. Like they're yeah. not like we're changing the world here, but it's just, they're not mailing it in either where they're not doing a good job. Like they have a level of integrity and character in their job and profession that they're bringing to this, but they're not changing the world either. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where I just kind of feel like, you know, maybe you've plateaued at some sort of manager, you're managing a bunch of bricklayers, that type of thing. Anyways, I, we don't need to get too in depth in that, but I think the two major things is one, the cash flow is probably stronger than this first bricklayer. And then two, there's a level of integrity or character that they're bringing to this and, you know, professionalism. Even, even if the cash flow is the exact same as bricklayer number one, here's where I think is the difference. I think they're being purposeful and they've figured out a budget. Mm-hmm. They know what they need to make and they're being purposeful with the excess. That's where I think making a living people are, or the bricklayers. Yeah. It's like, this they're is kind of a means to an end for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the end to me isn't retirement for these people, but they might just not have talked to us yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. But they might not have, they don't have a plan quite yet but they do know that they're doing something that feels good to them. They might be getting out of debt, which is always never a bad answer. Um, They might be providing for their family. Their wife might stay home or whatever. Like there is something that like, yeah, you know, like somebody says, Hey, what do you do? Like, I'm a bricklayer and I mean, it's okay. You know, it's kind of like that kind of, but it's not passionate Mm -hmm. and excited about it. And, and so what advice would we give these people? So the advice we would give the second bricklayer is, you know, I think like you made the distinction, they've got a budget, they're purposeful with their money, they've saved, you know, they probably have money in a retirement plan, they probably have money in the bank. They can go on um, a trip or two. They can you- go on trips, you know. And so I think it's that distinction between, I go back to the Jumanji drumbeat, and that's kind of where we'll go maybe for the third bricklayer, but is is there something inside of you that you can't ignore, you know, and that's kind of the people, I guess, that we're attracting with our messages. They have that drumbeat inside of them. There's something they've always wanted to do. And it's kind of to a fever pitch where they can't ignore it anymore. And they've probably plateaued in their professional career. And they've, they've plateaued really from a mindset standpoint. And they're really just not challenged in life, I would say. And they're missing that excitement. They want to do something different, but it's scary. Or it's fearful. They might even feel like this 
vocation that they're in is amazing and great and fine, but they're doing it for somebody else and they feel a little bit like, maybe I can do this for myself. A lot of those people. Yep. For sure. Yeah. So whatever it is, there's something inside of you that isn't, it's just not right in your heart and you've got to, you want to make a change and you're not quite sure how to make that change. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really where you know, then we look at, okay, this person's probably in their mid thirties to mid forties, maybe mid fifties. They've saved money for retirement. What do like, what would it take? What is it helping them walk through? What is it that you want to do or would do? Uh, And like you're saying, in a lot of cases, it's, it's a small pivot. It's the, you know, person running a gym that is working for somebody else is like, I could just do this for myself. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not getting what I was promised, those types of things. And, um, you know, using the way God's gifted them and the resources that they have to start a foundation to to own and control their destiny from here on out. You know, I and think those are the kind of shifts that we're seeing. Yep. I think these people, I just want to categorize them as the golden handcuffs. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's not enough for them. There's not enough tension or frustration to do something big and drastic. They know if they keep mailing it in for the next 30 years, they'll be fine or 20 years or 10 years. It's the golden handcuffs. Like Mm. they're not going to probably make a change. There is something inside of them. And so they're going to wait till retirement to get it done. Like these are the people that like I love working with because at least we can be really purposeful with the dollars that they're saving to get to Mm -hmm. the where they need to go. And the passion is there and they are building cathedrals whether or not it's in the same industry or not, uh, even when you're working at a golden handcuffs job, but you're working on your passion on the side, the excitement level of the golden handcuffs job gets really like crystal clear. And you know that that paycheck is being very strategic in that uh, working towards your passion. And your passion isn't necessarily for Brian and I uh, save it in a retirement account and wait till you're 59 and a half. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is using an account or something on the side, even starting writing blogs for your uh, food blog or for your foodiness and how you're going out to re- restaurants, starting something that you're getting excited about. Like there's something mm-hmm. on the side that really is exciting. Totally. I was just reading an article the other day from a guy who made a great point. He's like, this is the best time in the history of the world to like start documenting, you know, your uniqueness, your niche in the world and carve out your space on the internet because, you know, the internet lets you find the 10,000 people that are like you. And it lays the groundwork to connect you to those people, to have a base, to have an audience, to have friendships. Uh, You know, I love that idea of like, this isn't about networking. It's about actually building authentic relationships. Yeah. And uh, when you're doing what you love, you know, you're not trying to network. You're trying to connect with people that actually share the same goals and same values and same passions that you do so that you can experience life together and share life together. And so mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was just really refreshing when we yeah. get all this stuff of like how to increase your sales and uh, yeah, all stop, this. Stop the madness. Stop. Yeah. So I, I really do think you don't even need to know what the next step is. You just need to know what you really want retirement to look like or your passion to look like. What is your passion? Yeah. That's what those people need to know. Then you talk to the people around you. You surround yourself with people who can help you uh, work uh, up to that and work into that. So that's what I would say for the old uh, golden handcuffs, making a living. Bricklayer number two. Yep.
Let's go to brick neighbor number three, uh, the building a cathedral. One, I just want to f- quickly focus on how attractive that is. Like mm-hmm. as you're walking down the line of bricklayers, bricklayer number one, I'm just freaking doing a job. What does it look like? Okay, moving on. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> bricklayer number two, yeah. like I'm making a living. Like tell me about your family is basically what I would ask him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third one is I'm making a cathedral. Now I want to sit down with this man. I want to hear about his life. I want to hear about what got him there. I want to hear about every brick that he's laying. Like, what is his, like, he's attractive, right? Like, he's, there's something about him that you want to get to know because there's not a lot of people out there that have really found and they're getting paid for their passion. Totally. Whether or not they're getting, let's just say they're all getting paid the same. That third person is getting paid exponentially because he's doing something that he feels purposeful and he's doing something for somebody else. It's really powerful. So that's what I'll say about that one first. But I think, you know, and I, when I first heard this uh, illustration of the bricklayers, I kind of thought about it in two different ways. First is kind of the way you're describing, like if the three guys are kind of on a line and I just like, I'm like in Venice, you know, some, you know, city like that, it's yeah. just ornate, you know, there's yeah. just stones everywhere. It's like, how do they do this? Oh my God. Um, and I'm not good with my hands, by the way. So maybe that's should caveat this. But anyways, it's just all shocking to me how they did that stuff. But, um, you know, three guys on the same line, like you're saying, they're each maybe similar ages, similar pay or wages, and they do have three different mindsets. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously the distinction in that area is very apparent. You know, if they're at the, you know, local bar tavern after work and you're talking to three different ones, those three conversations are going to be very different. Uh And you're right. You're going to gravitate to the guy, the last one, the third bricklayer, who's just, you know, passionate, like I got to lay a thousand bricks today. And they were awesome. You know, they were perfect. And in three weeks, you won't even believe what you're going to see in front of you. And this building's done, you know, that type of person. Then I kind of thought about it in the distinction of, you know, the first bricklayer is probably on the front lines building, you know, laying the bricks. The second guy is maybe more of that, you know, site manager, manager type role overseeing 10 to 15 bricklayers. And then the third guy is the guy with the blueprints, the visionary, the guy who owns the business. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that, you know, is checking at a high level on all the different aspects of the project. Um but doesn't ever see himself maybe retiring because this is like, why would I quit this? I get to do this for a living. Yeah. I get to build cathedrals and, you know, let thousands and tens of thousands of people walk through for three to 400 years. And you see that level of craftsmanship and artisanship, you know, when you look at those buildings and they had to have that level of passion to build stuff like that, that could stand the test of time. And so that I kind of thought about it in those two distinctions. And so I think, you know, the advice, for that guy, let's just say they're on the line together. That third guy, is, you know, that has that mindset, he's probably the protege that could take over the business from the business owner, right? Yeah. Or that doesn't go that way and he starts his own company or does something out on his own later, but he's squirreling away money and savings, not going into credit card debt. And he's super purposeful because he has a vision and a passion that drives him to, you know, inform his decisions. Uh-huh. Uh, or if it is the current business owner, you know, then it's about how does that guy build wealth? How does he co-invest in the buildings that he's building so that he gets rent on the back end and builds out multiple revenue streams, you know, as opposed to just getting paid to lay the bricks. Yeah. But he's found what he loves. Exactly. And then now we need to start bolting on ways to make it more efficient. 
Mm-hmm. The less, well, I shouldn't say, maybe he's getting absolutely smoked with taxes. All right, let's put it in a retirement account <laughs> to, I'd say, minimize your taxes. But other than that, like how is other ways we can bolt on other things of your business to make it more profitable? I think a great example of this is like Chip and Joanna Gaines, because I mean, I think they their passion and integrity and character come through their business so well. And now what they're able to get into, you know, it went from like, they were doing some flips and doing rental properties on the side and then, you know, doing these custom home rebuilds and then their show and then the books. And now she's got paint and linens and magazines. And I think they just got into hotels and and just think how many different ways they're able to monetize that passion all from a point of character and integrity, you know, Mm -hmm. doing authentic things. So they haven't strayed from that and that's what makes it work. But now because they have doubled down on that Magnolia brand and that lifestyle, the, the ways they're able to monetize the different channels uh, and different things within their business and brand is just uh, incredible. And I think that's what we're talking about is so much of financial planning seems so one dimensional of like, no, we need all of your money. We need all of your excess money and we're going to put it into all these different accounts that are really investing in the same thing. And that's the stock market. Yeah, And so what we're trying to say is like, if you do have that passion and if you do have the vision to be that third bricklayer, no matter where you're at, if you're on the front line and you're just getting started, or if you're the seasoned guy and you've been doing it for 20 years and you're starting to think about, man, I, I, I can't do this forever. What's my exit strategy with this thing? That's what we're talking about is like, how do you monetize that passion in different ways so that you can build wealth really two, three times faster than just putting all your money into the stock market. And that might be a sleep, but not not the whole thing. Yeah. And so here is another avenue about this. Who would you want to be selling your bricklaying business? Bricklayer number one, two, or three? I'm telling you right now, if you had bricklayer number three selling your business, you are selling a truckload of services Mm -hmm. because he gets to truly tell you about his passion. There is no selling involved <laughs> other than I want him on my crew. Like right. I want you to be building my cathedral over here, over like next week, you, when you're done over here. So yeah, I'll wait. For, <laughs> yeah, I'll wait because it's that good. He's that passionate about it. Uh, so I think there is something about that hearing somebody and how passionate they are about what they're doing. is So attractive. You want them to be on your team or building something for you. Uh, so there's that. Uh, then I would also challenge that third brick layer to be like, okay, who are you pouring into? Who exactly. poured into you and mm-hmm. who are you pouring into? Because you didn't just get here by, <laughs> by waking accident. up one morning. Yeah. Somebody was intentional with you. And that passion, you can now pour into somebody else. Who is mm-hmm. that? Um, and who are you mentoring? Who are you apprentice? Who's your apprentice? Or who are you discipling underneath you? I think there is that component too, where you can still challenge these people to uh, think deeper about their intentionality of where they're at and help other people get there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be kind of my challenge for that third brick layer. I just had one other too. I mean, as I look at it, as we're building a company and a culture and expanding out between, you know, beyond the two of us and you know, you just think about an organization as that third bricklayer and that leadership component. And I think, you know, you you see companies um, that create an environment where those younger bricklayers or the one and two bricklayers, 
they're cultivating what is inside those bricklayers. It might not be the same path that we went on, Mm -hmm. but if I can help you achieve, you know, your passion and perfect space, there's value in that to me, not only professionally, but also, you know, as a colleague and as a mentor. And I think some of those companies, you know, like Google's done an amazing job of of just letting people create inside of Mm -hmm. Google. And that's led to a lot of their new products. Facebook actually is very similar with um, their ability to branch out into other social media engines and now uh, virtual reality and things like that. And we can say whatever we want about those companies, but they had a culture that cultivated the gifts and talents of lots of people and not just saying you need to be this type of person because this is what we value here. They saw value in lots of different people's passions and visions and create an environment where those are cultivated. And so I think there's just so many facets to this illustration of the bricklayers that can be uh, flushed out from this uh, conversation. But I think at the, at the core, it just helps really distill in less than five minutes, where are you? Where are you truly? And be honest with yourself. Yep. Yeah. Two things that I would say about that being honest with yourself when you are going into a job interview, (laughs) does this interview or does this job really reflect who I am? Mm -hmm. Do this for me or, and yourself be honest, be honest for your future employer, for you, you want to create someplace where it is your unique gifting. And that job description is me. If you haven't interviewed for that part job, like you need to, because that will come off in the interview. Like guys, give me a shot at this. Like, this is what I love to do. I'll tell you about my last bricklaying opportunity. What? Like you're in. And so that's one thing. And you got to be honest with yourself. And then where are you? Right? So let's say you are number one drudgery. Think about that from your employer's perspective. Let's say you do have a complaint. Let's say you do have a frustration and you go to them and you're in that drudgery doing a job phase. Like I'm not really hearing you that well. Yeah, that's probably my fault. So I probably need to do something. Yeah. If, I'm a, if I'm the owner, but bricklayer too, like you're making a living. Yeah, I'm going to put a little bit more weight on that. But the third person come to me, I'm like really listening now because yeah, the winning. value that they create for my business and their expertise, I want to hear more about it. And so there's a lot to this illustration parable, I would say. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and like Brian said, where are you? And, and what is it that you're trying to achieve and who's helping you achieve those things and who's challenging you of like, where are you? Brian and I, in like, we don't really talk about this in our, I'd say our first meetings or second meetings. I barely ever talk about this with our clients, but we are categorizing you in these stages <laughs> uh, silently just for our, our advice to you. And if you are a drudgery, our job is to try to quickly move you out of drudgery with purpose and excellence of where you're uniquely gifted. If you're in uh, making a living, it's to gently challenge you on saying, There's, there could be more here that you could be reaching out to. There could be more people that you could be impacting. Maybe, maybe not. And if you're okay with just sitting there, that's great. But are you just kind of being complacent? And then the third brick layer, not only is attractive, but then I'm going to challenge you to start pouring into other people. I'm going to start challenging you to start being more efficient in your business. Uh, and anyway, so those are kind of the uh, story in a nutshell. I hope yeah. it was helpful to, for you. Totally. Uh, it's helpful for me in my mindset. There's facets of my job every day that I'm like, man, I don't know if I love that, but um, to have a different mindset about it is powerful. Yeah, for sure. And I think then the financial decisions that you're making based on which brick layer you're at or which seat you're at 
and each bricklayer has different stages, right? Yep. And I think so without going any deeper, but do you have the people in your life that can give you the advice based on where you're at? And I mm-hmm. think that's really what is important. And we meet with a lot of people that meet with advisors and it's just such a one dimensional planning style of like, here's the six products I have. You're either going to fit into those or you're not. I'm going on to the next person. And so if you do want to be that third bricklayer, you know, the advice and customization that's involved in building a financial plan for those people is a lot different uh, yeah. than just putting you into a couple boxes or a couple products. And so I think that's just that, that level of uh, wisdom that I guess we can bring to the table of, of mm-hmm. you know, really be intentional with your money and who you're taking advice from. So if you want a little bit of help trying to figure out where you're at, we'd love to have a talk with you. Let's set up a 15-minute free consultation, kind of walk through your specific situation, um, and then see where you're going. But one thing's for sure, no matter what bricklayer you are, there's ways that you can improve, and there's always ways to be better. um, Mm -hmm. And and to surround yourself with those people um, is powerful. And so traditional advising, I do think, could keep the first and second brick layer where they're at and suffocate mm-hmm. them. Uh, and then even the third layer, the traditional advising, like it's just not really challenging you. Just keep going, be complacent. But like, that's never our option. You are your best mm-hmm. asset. Let's figure out ways to improve yourself and your situation. So yeah. this is what we do every day. Ta-da. Yeah. We would love and If to- you like this illustration, it's in our book. So uh, look for that. And like Phil said, you can schedule a 15-minute call uh, through our website, uh, www.uncommonwealth.com. That's how you reach us. That's awesome. Well, you've been listening to the Uncommon Life Project. I've been your host, Philip Ramsey. And I'm Brian Dewhurst. Thanks for tuning in. And tune in next time for another episode. Thanks. Go be uncommon. Thanks. Bye. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project. Brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.